Welcome to Understand Murdoch, a podcast from The Post and Courier, South Carolina's largest newspaper. Our award-winning reporters have spent more than a year digging into the Murdoch saga to bring you the latest news and in-depth analysis as we cover the story of drugs, deceit, and death in South Carolina's rural low country. And now we're here to provide quick daily updates on Alec Murdoch's highly anticipated double murder trial in Colleton County. Hi, I'm Thad Moore. I'm the Post and Courier's reporter in the courtroom for the Alec Murdoch double murder trial. And I've got a couple of takeaways from Tuesday, the second day of preparations uh, for the trial to actually begin. The first takeaway is that the jury selection process has been pretty fast moving. The process of screening potential jurors has been tedious and repetitive. Uh, Judge Clifton Newman has had to list off all 255 people who could potentially be called as witnesses as each new group of jury candidates has come in. Many people thought it would take several days to get through. It's been pretty expedient, and we've now screened the entire pool. In a lot of ways, the main task was not so much determining everything about each juror in open court, but determining who needs to be questioned in detail so that the attorneys and Judge Newman can speak with them outside the courtroom. Altogether, in the trial, they've moved through 300 people who were questioned, and of them, 122 were found to be qualified as jurors. The next step will happen on Wednesday morning, and we'll see 80 of those people be picked at random, and then the lawyers on each side will get to decide who to let in and who to strike. That process is going to start at 11 a.m., And then we will get to our final group of 18 jurors. 12 of them will actually decide the case, and there will be six alternates just in case somebody needs to be replaced for some reason. The other big takeaway came from the afternoon motion hearing, where Judge Newman was going to rule on several motions about what kind of evidence and arguments each side can present at trial. Most people's expectation was that the hearing would focus on two big issues. The first is how much prosecutors can talk about Murdoch's alleged financial crimes, which they believe motivated the killings. And the second issue was whether they can present evidence of blood spatter on the T-shirt Murdoch was wearing that night. Murdoch's defense team has questioned the, uh, the rigor of that testing. But actually, we didn't get much discussion of either topic. Both sides decided they would work out those issues if and when they come up at trial. Instead, the dominant topic was how SLED linked bullet casings from the crime scene to a semi-automatic rifle of the same model as one the family owned, a 300 caliber blackout rifle. The process of matching the casings to the gun was particularly complicated in this case. Investigators say the casings found near Maggie's body came from the same gun as those recovered near the Murdoch's house and on a field on the Mazelle property where the family often shot guns. The problem is that investigators don't have that gun in their possession, so they couldn't fire test rounds with the exact gun they suspect she was shot with. Murdoch's defense team says a gun of that model had been stolen, but they did not say when. Murdoch's defense team spent much of the motions hearing challenging the scientific rigor of SLED's analysis, but Judge Newman said it's going to be up to the jury to decide how much weight to give SLED's findings. That's all we have for now. For more in-depth coverage of this trial, as well as the latest news on the Murdoch story at large, stay tuned to postandcourier.com slash Murdoch. You can find us on Twitter at Post and Courier. We would love if you could send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. And please also take a minute to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Thank you.